Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Jeremy White with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Does anybody else out there want to do something like that? What, what do we need to settle? Jeremy White. When you were a kid and you were going to get sick, like you might throw up, did your family use the same bowl? Like you go to bed, you bring the bowl there in case you're going to throw up. Was that the same bowl as the family movie Popcorn Bowl? With Sneaky Joe DiBiase. The same I bowl thought... that you are eating popcorn out of yeah. has been the thrown sick... up into. The sick bowl. But it's just a bowl. You just wash it. It's just a bowl. The mental damage alone should be there that, hey, <laughs> some, you know, little, whatever, your little brother or sister just threw up in this last week. Now I'm eating popcorn. Why do we have a dishwasher? So on Monday, popcorn. On Tuesday, throw up. And on Wednesday, dog food. No, I see no issue with it. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Hey, good morning. I'm just, I'm counting the weeks here, Josh. The weeks are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Okay. (laughs) It's it's not what I'm counting is not exactly well good news. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Joe's out today. I was counting nine weeks until well nine weeks from tomorrow is the draft. Nine weeks. Doesn't it feel like we're talking about it like it's in three days? I mean, it's only nine Wednesdays. <laughs> That's right. It's only nine. Nine Wednesdays. We've got so many prospects to guess. Once we fire up, guess the prospect again. The draft is in nine weeks. I don't know why that just hit me like, man, be waiting for this train for a long time. <laughs> we waited a couple years, we waited a couple more. Anyway, hey, good morning. Jeremy White with you, uh, Josh Schmidt producing, and we've got some you know good stuff coming up for you today. Chris Trapasso is coming up at 8. He's going to introduce us to Chop Robinson, among others. There's a guy named Chop Robinson in the draft. You want to draft a guy named Chop? I mean, it's not that bad. Chop Robinson. A defensive end that I've seen mocked to the Bills today. The Daniel Jeremiah mock draft at NFL.com has the Bills going defensive end for Chop Robinson. And you're not going to love the uh, what, what Daniel Jeremiah had to write about it. The production won't wow you, but the traits are there. Another Penn State defensive end, Chop Robinson. And, you know, if you're doing the thing that I do, you scroll and see, well, who's he have everybody else taken? And the Chiefs get a pass catcher and... The Bengals get a pass catcher, and the Texans get a pass catcher. I'm like, okay, all right, good. Yeah. Defensive end. Here we go. Anyway, nine weeks from tomorrow is the draft. So Chris Trapasso at 8 o'clock, when I was texting Chris, I said, let's let's at 8 o'clock do some due diligence. I do want to, of course, we have nine weeks to do it. 
I do want to learn more about some of the defensive players, defensive options. You know, the Bills will be linked, of course, I'm sure, to safeties and defensive linemen, defensive ends, defensive tackles. Yeah, right. You know, like, there's going to be a lot of attention paid to the defense. When we talked about it with Sal yesterday, it was that there are probably four jobs open right now. Three, two on the defensive line, two to three on the defensive line, two at safety if, in fact, you expect Jordan Poyer not to come back. So four, and then given the Bills' rotations on the defensive line, you know, probably another one or two there. So we expect a lot of the attention paid to the defense, and we'll we'll focus a little there with Chris Trapasso today. Of course, you know, mixing on the other stuff. So that's 8 o'clock. Chris Trapasso joins us. At 7.30, we're going to talk with Chad D. Diminisis, who writes for ExpectedBuffalo.com. Um, love Chad's site the work they do. He wrote an article yesterday that I was waiting for. And that article is, it's not that bad regarding the Sabres. I know how it feels and I feel pretty bad about them, but I've I've kind of been waiting for that because if you look at a lot of their underlying numbers, things don't look that bad. So we'll get Chad's case on that. Chad Dinamitis is coming up at 730. The, The case for it's not that bad and Kevin Adams should not overreact. That's at 7.30, you know? It's important to explore all sides. Burn it all down versus, actually, this is this is okay. You know, small changes will get you where you need to be. So those are our two guests coming up today. 7.30, Chad, and 8 o'clock, Chris Trapasso. Meanwhile, you got me and Josh, and we'll get to, you know, all the other fun stuff. The, the thing I wanted to open with, I wanted to follow up on yesterday's web poll, Twitter poll. So I posted a Twitter poll and asked a question that got a lot of, sideways looks like what are you crazy and a lot of well a lot of support and that is wide receiver idea of the day trade it all do what it takes for Marvin Harrison Jr. and the results of this poll I will say I mean stunned maybe a little little much but the results of this poll really really surprised me that it is at 41% yes. Give it all up. Trade it all away for Marvin Harrison Jr. I've got thousands of Bills fans voting in this poll, and the ultimate result is closer, much closer than I would have thought. 41% to 58%, which is kind of wild. So, all right, that many of you are, are aggressively interested in tracking down someone that you know is going to be good. And, you know, if I'm playing psychologist on a lot of things that go into that, there's, of course, the need at the position. And I would guess, this is my guess here, that the Diggs, uh, I don't want to say drama, doubt the Diggs what? The Diggs uncertainty about his second half of the season the digs could they possibly trade him? Are they going to move on? Are they going to all? Yeah, the digs doubt. I'll say doubt. All the stuff surrounding digs to me has to be a driving factor in forty percent of a fan base saying they would give up their entire draft and more for the generally considered best receiver in the draft, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe you like Malik Neighbors. Maybe you like Roma Dunze. Those are the top three guys, but. To give that all up, the whole draft, that's all their picks for the Bills, is not enough. It's probably your whole draft, roughly, 
and a first next year. Maybe if you made that trade, the team you're trading up with would allow you to keep a fourth and a sixth or something like that. You'd have the opportunity to, you know, draft a safety in the fourth round. But what it really translates to is you'd rather, 40%, would rather the Bills draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and go undrafted free agents for the rest of their positions than just have, you know, a first, a second, a late third, a fourth, two-fifths, and the opportunity to fill things out. And I am firmly planted in the no camp. I I voted no. I would not do that. It's not what I want to do. Because... You know, I'm, I'm not one to always be responsible with there are a lot of needs. They got to draft, got to draft big men. The trenches are important, all that stuff. I'm not one to generally get there. I'm sure. Give me the flashy stuff. It's great. And especially, of course, you know, give me the receiver. But that said, this year, this year, this offseason, the Bills have to kind of get out of what they, what they went into. And the Bills are a team that went, all in to to a degree. I mean, that that phrase gets used a lot, all in. You know, it just means that you are firmly committed to what's happening right now. You didn't trade every future first-round pick. You didn't trade a first and a second and a third to get Christian McCaffrey when, you know, the Niners did something like that. That's an all-in move. But still, you are making moves in free agency. You are trading up in the draft for Dalton Kincaid to get an offense. You know, in the moment... You are going all in. And Kincaid didn't, of course, cost them anything too, too much. But some of the free agency moves they made, some of the signings they made, some of the extensions, whether that's, you know, Knox, Vaughn's big contract. Like they've, they've spent money. They've paid their own. They've, I don't think they've done a bad job. They've just committed money to, to players that deserved it. And now is the time to turn the page. Sal talking yesterday about the Bills and in respect to the Patriots dynasty, how during that Patriots dynasty, you had multiple windows of it. You had the early years of Brady where he was the system quarterback right before he was the 50 touchdown guy. That team won with total football, defense, special teams, all that. And then it got into the, the Brady years with Gronk, and I don't know about Aaron Hernandez, but what, the point is they they got to different windows of their own dynasty, and we're even seeing that with the Chiefs right now. With the Chiefs, you know, they opened up, and they are a fire wagon offense with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and they win a Super Bowl, and they go to another, and then they trade Kelsey. Or no, I'm sorry, yeah, Kelsey. They trade Hill, of course, and from there become a little bit lessened version of their offense as their defense kicks in. You know, so throughout this this process of of having a dynasty, you have different windows, and the Bills have not been a dynasty by any stretch. Like you really only you really only get that if you win it. But if we're talking about eras, the Josh Allen era will have four to five, three to four different little pockets where, well, this is the team that does this. I, I almost want to say one of them was the the first couple of years where it's Houston and then Brown and Beasley and Diggs are the offense. And then it becomes the Diggs and Davis and onto Kincaid. And we're into the next phase of that. And maybe turning the page again. You know, how often do you count it as turning the page every two years, every four years? But one thing about this team is that defensively, it's pretty much been 
Hyde, Poyer, Trey White. Like this, this defense has been put together for a long time, and now it's going through its biggest change. And with that, like this ties in the Marvin Harrison Jr. poll question from yesterday. There will definitely be the need to supplement the roster in a way that they have rarely needed it. They've been able to trade up. They've been able to say, oh, there's only one job open on this defense. They're drafting for corner two for Kyer Elam. And that's a good problem to have when you're doing that. You've got such a strong team in place that it's we only have one job, Elam. And he didn't win it. It's the guy that you drafted the sixth round that does. But really, there aren't that many jobs available. Now, to have four of those available, like, you know, the idea of trading all your picks is is not, to me, a good idea. But it does represent, again, like I said, 40% to say yes to Marvin Harrison Jr. in a trade-up. It, it speaks to how aggressive you want the Bills to be to go after the receiver. So with that in mind, our phone number is 803-0550. Harrison was a yes or no question, and 40% said yes. What is your... What is your favorite idea? What what to you sounds like the best idea how the Bills should approach this offseason? How would they win it? Long ago, we mocked the Bills and ourselves and everybody for talking about winning the offseason. But for the Bills this year, what's the goal? How do you win the offseason? How do you get yourself to a spot where you're feeling like you're set up for the long haul and also things are not... Uh, necessarily down this year. I don't think they have to have a down year this year. There's some that would fade them a little bit, say that um, as they turn the page, things might get a little tougher. I've read many times it's the toughest offseason of Brandon Bean's career that he'll have to work the most and find bargains more than ever before. And that's not wrong, but you know, as long as Josh Allen's on the team, I have the belief that they'll be a pretty good team. He is an ultimate cheat code equalizer. The question becomes, can you do what the Chiefs did this year? Can you become a team that, in a, finger quotes, down year or a rebuild or retool? I mean, the Chiefs went through that and won two Super Bowls in the process. So what's your favorite idea to kind of, if you want to say emulate that, which whether it's a receiver, how it's a plan of attack, it's free agency. We've not seen franchise tags handed out yet. Those will be happening soon. The window is open. But franchise tags are coming for some of these receivers, whether it's Michael Pittman or T. Higgins. And defensively, too, like free agents, some guys might hit the market. I was considering a uh, let's get stupid with the idea of, you know, sign Chris Jones. <laughs> but maybe that's a topic for another day. He's likely to get a big, huge extension, of course, with Kansas City. But he's a game wrecker, and there's a lot of people like a player like that. So maybe you like a first-round defensive lineman. Maybe you're on team trade-up for Marvin Harrison Jr., but what's your favorite idea? What idea sounds the best to you that you hear about, that you read about, that you look into about, well, they need this kind of player, that kind of player, because was maybe earlier this week or last week that someone called in to ask that question of us. And, I, you know, which receiver do you like the most? And the one you like the most versus the plan you can maybe get to are different. And I, I'm starting to see a pretty consistent trend in the mocks, in the, in the mock drafts, and who's where. And the, the consistent trend is that the three, there's a big three of receivers. Who knows if by April, nine weeks from now, there's a fourth. I, I know sometimes it's ridiculous to think that you would just 
slide a guy all the way up, but that does definitely happen. If you look at Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft today, he's got four quarterbacks going in the top eight, including J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan, who is getting a little bit of first-round buzz and a little bit of, oh my goodness, no way. But here he is going eighth overall to the Falcons. So you get risers and fallers. You get guys that aren't considered first-round picks going seventh because they just have a great combine interview, whatever. The market on them starts to just heat up. And the, the, the trend, to get back to the mock drafts, the trend I see is the big three. So if we assume there's just the big three, they're going to stay the big three. The trend I see is the big three going by, like, the 10th pick. That's Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. And then the fourth receiver that I see going is most often Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. Where he goes is anywhere from you know, 14, 15, all the way to the Bills. There are a few mock drafts where the fourth receiver doesn't go until the late 20s, and then two or three more go. And I feel like the over the over under on number of receivers to, to go in this draft in the first round will be mm, called six and a half. And if you make that bet, it's going to be a sweat for you because they'll go early, and then there's going to be a little bit of a wait. Maybe that's teams playing the market. Maybe that's the mocks tending to feel like once the big three go, you'll get the other positions kind of filling out, especially if you have four quarterbacks in the top eight and three receivers in the top ten. I've got seven of the top ten picks are quarterback and receiver. And if I'm a team that doesn't need either of those things, giddy up. If I need a tackle, I'm in great shape. If I need a defensive player to make a difference and I've got the 11th pick, I'd feel like a million bucks. So my favorite idea is is today is probably Brian Thomas Jr. It might require a slide-up rather than a trade-up. And yesterday with Sal here, his bold prediction is that the Bills may make a move up, may get aggressive, that they've waited a little too long on receiver. And, you know, he doesn't have this as inside info, but just the idea that mm, they might have to get aggressive. They like to slide a spot or two. They like to go get their guy. And if they identify any of these receivers as the one that comes after those big three, then maybe they even have a guy with a higher grade than one of those big three, then they might get aggressive for it. But the idea of trading all the way up to the third or fourth pick, the Julio Jones trade that the Falcons made you know, a decade ago, that's what the Marvin Harrison Jr. trade would be. And I wonder if any team has the, the guts to do it. For neighbors, for Odunze, for Harrison Jr., I wonder if any team has the guts to do it. It's obviously a lot easier to do from the 15 spot than it is 28 where the Bills are. But if they can wait as long as they can and get that guy, then I think they're in good shape. And yesterday, Matt Harmon, who has the website Reception Perception, receptionperception.com, it's a $30 subscription for a year for as much information as you could possibly want on free agent receivers and draft receivers. It's an incredible tool. Like I couldn't give it a higher recommendation. So he's on yesterday talking about ideas for the Bills and what they could do. And that includes the departure of Gabe Davis and where Davis might go and fit in and how he could be a contributor for another team. But as he laid out the case for Brian Thomas Jr., he talked about it as a perfect fit for the Bills. Just what they need. Guy on the outside, explosive, vertical threat. If Those of you that want a big receiver, a big body like Davis has been, 
then this would fit the bill, like a 6'4 guy, and it wouldn't require too much of a move. It might require some. You might have a spot where, you know, you're at the 20th pick and the Bills are back there at 28 and here are the Chiefs at 32. And the and insert the Bengals, insert the Ravens, the Texans. I mean, I'm listing all the teams that might scare you. Whoever's holding that spot at 20 might be fielding multiple calls and it becomes a bidding war to who can get up and get that fourth receiver. Who thinks that guy is worth going up for? Because, as I said, the way the board seems to go in a lot of the mocks is one, two, three, and then a little gap. And that gap probably ends when somebody jumps up there and jumps in there and tries to snag, you know, if it's Brian Thomas Jr., if it's Troy Franklin. There's a there's a next tier of four to five receivers. Maybe for some teams that's Keon Coleman out of Florida State. Maybe for some teams he's not a first-round pick. You know, we'll, we'll have to figure this all out over the course of the next nine weeks. But but right now my favorite idea is definitely not giving up the entire draft. <laughs> it's if you have to slide, I'll be okay with the slide. But taking what you need identifying what you need, they know. And Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU seems like a really nice fit. The one thing about his highlights, it's funny. I was looking at, you know, scouting report is a whole comprehensive thing. And then there's just go watch some highlights. And what you see out of Thomas is a lot of Gabe Davis. And I mean that as a compliment. You know, what Davis brought to this Bills offense has been valuable. He's, He's been a good role player. He was maybe asked to do too much and asked to be in a role that he shouldn't have been. But the overall elements of his game that he added are important. And in Thomas, there's a lot of that. You, of course, would be drafting him because there's more in there with the potential to maybe grow into a number one and more usage and more value in short yardage stuff and short and intermediate, whereas Davis tended to be a down-the-field guy. But to that down-the-field point, if you pull up highlights of Thomas, it is a ton of vertical stuff, and not not always you know bombs down the field, just routes that when they open up, if a, if a play breaks down for Jaden Daniels, they're, they're just moving things up the field. He's a vertical receiver. He has the ability to get vertical, a lot of speed, and a lot to like. For this offense, which, you know, when we last saw them, they held the ball and ran the ball and ran an efficient offense and in a million plays against the Chiefs had zero explosive plays, this would be a player that might help that. This would be a player that maybe could take some attention away from Stephon Diggs, who is still seeing treatment like he's a number one receiver in the NFL. That's one of the things that Matt Harmon said with with Bulldog yesterday, Bulldog and Nate, which is, you know, he, he not only goes through ideas for the Bills, but what they have and the state of their receiver room, something Sal's got on our website as well, and it was very much like Brian Thomas Jr. gives the Bills exactly what they need, and whoever's over there is going to get the benefit of, you might think that Diggs has lost a step, and you know Matt Harmon didn't exactly say that would he would disagree with that. He's still great, but maybe not as completely top tier as he was in certain elements of his game. One way to help that would be to get a little attention off of him, because teams definitely still treat him like that. So my favorite idea today, February 21st, Brian Thomas Jr., more so, definitely. I mean, if you offer me Marvin Harrison, two juniors, Marvin Harrison Jr. and a bunch of UDFAs, or Brian Thomas Jr. and, you know, eight other draft picks, I think it's a slam dunk. 
But I'm 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 happy to see everybody aggressive. I'm happy to see everybody so committed to wanting to get this this offense the help it needs. It's been a good offense, but it's got to go to the next level. And then we got to talk about how we're going to react if they take a defensive end because that's what Daniel Jeremiah has in his mock. It is of course mock season. 9 weeks till the draft. 9 feels like a long time. Long ways away, but that's okay. Jeremy White with you, Josh Schmidt producing. Again, an hour from now, Chad DeDeminisis on the Sabres. Got some uh, weather. If it's going to calm us down, we'll find out. Chad can make his case that things are not that bad. And Chris Trapasso at 8. We'll talk about Brian Thomas Jr. with him, among other ideas, you know, how things might work. But to me, it's, it, it, it's not even the middle move. It seems like it might line up for you if you're the Bills. And if you've got to go a little bit, well, they do that all the time. They slide. Elam, they slid up for. Kincaid, they went up for. They love to move up two, three spots and go get their guy. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. This might be the next iteration of that. 803-0550 on your favorite idea at wide receiver as of today. Jeremy White with you here on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Brian Thomas from LSU, I will say, I think he would probably require a little bit of a trade-up for them, but he has someone I've, I've started working on. When I think about what Buffalo needs, I think that Brian Thomas is rather perfect for that because he is that big perimeter X receiver that we talked about. And he he put, didn't just exclusively play X in college, but like I think he has the skills to hack it out there as an X receiver. He can beat man coverage. He's a little bit T. Higgins-ish, but more limited as a route runner. Like, that's the perfect guy to say, hey, right now you're going to have a year one role. You're going to beat man coverage. You're going to make big plays down the field. And we're also going to develop you and add to your route acumen. And just like whatever 14 is doing over there, like, do that. And hopefully he takes you under his wing and can develop you long term. And maybe in a couple of years when Diggs is ready to move on or he, you know, we're looking at his contract or whatever, then Brian Thomas is your number one or, or you know, high end number two receiver. 
Matt Harmon of Reception Perception on with the afternoon show yesterday, laying out the Brian Thomas Jr. case. Good morning. It's going to be beautiful today. It's going to be in the 50s. was outside yesterday playing with the dog, and good to get out in sunshine and not you know be bundled up. Muddy, though. Got mud. It's mud season. I'm not going to complain about it, Josh, but it, but it is mud season. That's the only thing that sucks about, like, hey, it's warm out, but we can't play golf because <laughs> you'll lose the ball in the ground. Yeah, plugs. Plugs are tough. High of 52 today. Wow. Right? 52. Is it going to be sunny or, like, cloudy? Uh, we got some sun in the morning, clouds moving in, but high of 52. You know, That's exciting. Let's roll the windows down. Yeah, that's going to be – I'm going to have my windows down blaring some music. This is the thing where we get – that what fake spring part three yeah this is the 10th of the 12 seasons of buffalo right right. we're in the second of fake spring the second fake spring the first fake spring would have been maybe two weeks ago where i had had a pretty big solid winter beard and it got nice for three days and i took the thing way down like ah it's over winter's done and then (laughs) like two days later it's 12 degrees outside so i got fooled by fake spring number one this i do believe is fake spring two and then we have mud season. Mud, the muddening. And then we have spring. Yes. And then we have the winter uh, encore and then sec- right. second spring. Yeah, because you have that like two-day period of just like, hey, it's cold again. Yeah, mud season. You know what's funny? As the temperature hits 52, and I, I looked at my phone like, oh, what what's the date today? And I saw the 21, and I almost said, oh, yeah, of course, it's the first day of spring. But that's a month from now. I got a day of the week clock in front of me because I never know what day of the week it is. I'm going to need a season clock. I almost get, called it spring a month early. I'm going to get you like a giant wall calendar, <laughs> and I'm going to circle the day every day. Yes. And I'll cross it off at the end of the day. Right. Just March. No, February. Sorry. See, I almost said it again. It's February 21st. Hey, good morning. 803 our phone number. Asking this question. We'll connect with our fans, get some of the answers here. Which wide receiver idea is your favorite? We've been kicking around wide receiver ideas of the day. We might have to give more attention to Brandon Ayuk because that fire is still smoking. And by the way, I'd like to say thank you, Brandon Ayuk and the 49ers. Another wide receiver taking all the headlines about all the trades. You know, it's it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to be out of the what's going to happen with that guy spotlight. I, I'm excited. We get a little vacation here. Stefan Diggs is, you know, not saying anything. He's on the team. We don't have to talk every single day about whether or not he's going to be traded because right now, Ayuk has taken the spotlight. So, good. There was an update from uh, on the Ayuk situation. Let me get to that for you because I, I just think it's so it's so interesting how, you know, you want to say time is a flat circle or history repeats itself. To me, the Ayuk trade idea is it's Stefan Diggs all over again. So Dan Graziano yesterday said this about the Ayuk situation. He's due a big contract. And here's what he writes. I want to stress this is speculative. I don't know whether Ayuk will want out if his contract is not extended, but I do know it's not going to be easy for the Niners to extend him and that other wide receivers in similar situations in recent years, such as Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and A.J. Brown, have asked to be traded and gotten their wish. Ayuk would surely be missed, but with all the massive cap numbers the Niners are projecting for their veterans in 2024 and in future years, at some point they're going to need to move on from some of their stars. 
if they can get a first-rounder back in an Ayuk trade and use it to replace him at wide receiver, that might actually be the best way to go. I mean, it is the Diggs thing in Minnesota all over again. He wanted out for bigger money and better opportunity. Maybe he didn't want out. He says he didn't act, ask to get out. He posted something on Instagram. But the point is, the the speculation at the time was Diggs wanted out because it's a run-heavy team. He was not getting the targets he felt he deserved or he could he could use to help another team, to help his team. And he was right about all that. He went somewhere else, got a bunch of targets, and became a household name in the NFL if he wasn't before. I mean, he was thought of as a nice receiver. And he came with Josh Allen, got targets, and blossomed. And I've got Brandon Ayuk playing with Brock Purdy and leading the league in yards per target. He wants a big contract. He's on a run-heavy offense. Like It's all lining up. The teams that should trade a first-rounder for Ayuk, there's a number of them. And, I mean, are the Bills one of them? I think it's tougher for the Bills. I would like to get the young, cheap receiver. But Ayuk is young enough for this to, to make sense for almost every team. He is a second-team All-Pro. He is fantastic. When the Bills did it for Diggs, he was not considered, I don't think at that time, he was considered, well, I know I want to say they're about the same. Because you still have people out there that will try to tell you that Ayuk's, uh, he's pretty good. He's not that good. I mean, he's on the level. He's up there. And all he needs is somebody to throw him the ball a lot more. He got three catches in the Super Bowl. He had three catches against the Lions. He had three catches against the Packers. His last four games, three catches each. And, you know, whether that's a targeting issue or whatever it might be, the guy's a great receiver, is totally worth a first-round pick for, I don't know, 20 of the teams in the NFL that want to think about doing it. I, I think it's so similar to the Diggs situation. And, of course, you know, one of the questions would be, should the team that did the Diggs thing just do it again? I know what you're thinking. Well, what if we could just draft Justin Jefferson? Well, you have to take a receiver to do that. Maybe the Niners want to trade Ayuk and draft a receiver and they get the next Justin Jefferson. Who knows? But whoever makes that trade, if it's a first-rounder for Ayuk, I think it's 100% worth it. He is young. Young enough for that to be okay. 25 years old, prime. You're getting four or five years of absolute prime. So 803-0550. The Ayuk idea, I'm a little stuck on that one because of money and cap. But, man, if they did that, I would not be upset. But it's probably not my favorite idea. This is where we get to, you know, what's your favorite idea for the Bills and this uh, this offseason free agency as we head to the draft? To the phones, we connect with our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at northtownkia.com, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. To Paul in Buffalo. Hey, Paul, good morning. Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy, I just sent you a text to show how Allen has his best year. Um, so we no longer have Dig Davis, Sherfield, or Hardy. But we trade our 2025 first-round pick to move back into number 34. So the four new receivers are pick 28, pick 34, pick 99, and Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Yep. So if those four guys throw up 30 yards a game, uh, <laughs> that, that put Dallin at, at uh, 4,600 yards. Nakua had 83 yards a game last year. Yeah. And I'm only asking for 30 yards a game for those four guys. <laughs> right. Puka Nakua is an interesting one. Like, Thanks, Paul. Puka Nakua is really good and fit perfectly into an offense. I, I want, you know, For me, the, the takeaway on Puka Nakua is less about 
you can get a guy that's amazing in the fifth round and more about the right guy for the right team, you absolutely can pop right away. And, you know, to, it, it ends up sounding like you're taking things away from Puka Nakua. And I'm, I'm not trying to do that. He had, the, like, the best rookie season ever. But if he goes somewhere else, is he getting that same usage? I think this is a fair question about the Bills. Like, if Puka Nakua comes to the Bills, he doesn't have that season. And it's not because... It's not because McDermott won't agree to play rookies. He would have to earn their trust, of course. He also would have to get one of the two receivers on the field that's on the field all the time, Diggs and Davis, get one of them off the field. Or maybe he goes in and with Shakir. I mean, early in the season, the Bills were running two two receiver sets. So the right player in the right spot, you know, I don't know that he would have done that here. Not that that's what you were saying, Paul. I don't know he would have done that here, but it is it, it should – give you faith, whatever, that the right guy in the right spot is good and can fit in. And in fact, most of the young pass catchers, this is another thing I'm going to prepare myself for. I'm going to have high expectations for who they, who they take. I'm going to have high expectations for Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison Jr. We've seen rookie receivers come in and be good right away. Just this past draft took Jackson Smith and Jigba a little bit, but he was a, a part of the Seattle offense and Jordan Addison right away. Kincaid's a good story. Zay Flowers had a great year. You know, you can keep going on and on. The last couple of years, Jalen Waddle set the rookie reception record. Garrett Wilson, right out of the gate, was thought of as like, oh, this guy's a stud. So you don't have to wait on a guy. And in some cases, that's even like Puka Nakua. One guy the Bills didn't have to wait on too long was Gabe Davis. And Gabe Davis, who appears to be saying his goodbyes, he posted on you know both Instagram and Twitter. But Gabe Davis as a rookie came in and we kind of fell in love right away, right? Love at first sight. feel like his rookie season, he had seven touchdowns, 600 yards and seven touchdowns. It is remarkable how unbelievably consistent Davis was his entire time with the Bills. He was between 600 and 836 yards every single season and had either six or seven touchdowns every single season. The first down numbers were not that far off either. His targets went up slightly. First two seasons, 62 and 63. Then he gets thrust into that number two receiver role, and it's 93 and then 81. He missed a couple of games uh, two years ago. So his usage was, you know, was was climbing. But Davis is a guy that came in. If the Bills had a receiver come in to the new number two spot and put up what Davis did last year, 800 yards and seven touchdowns. Like, that's a success. That looks good. 803-0550. The idea, though, of gutting your receiver core and going all rookies, the Packers did something close to that. They were very young, and it took a little bit of time, but they looked pretty good. That's the, that's the closest I can get to that. For the Bills, you know, to trade – all those pieces. Hardy, you can move on easy. Shakir's going to be here, and I would, I would, I would anticipate Diggs going to be here. You know, if you deal Diggs, you're starting from scratch at number one receiver, and that is, I mean, and then you're talking about desperate, real desperate. 803-0550, Wednesday, February 21st, nine weeks in a day. Can you believe it's nine? I say that as like, that's far. We've got a lot of stuff. The combine comes up next week. That's a step towards it. We'll continue to watch all these players move up and down. J.J. McCarthy, eighth 
eighth. That's pretty. That's that's a big rise. Jeremy and Joe Joe out today. You can give us a call. Please do eight zero three zero five fifty. And your favorite idea right now. We're we're two months out. What's your favorite idea for this offseason? And if you want to make it about not receivers, that's fine. I got Daniel Jeremiah mocking the Bills a defensive end at twenty eight. And we can talk about how we'll handle that if they do. I, I understand it, but this is this is one spot where I'll I'll talk about it for the next you know month couple months. There's no way Brandon Bean does not feel pressure in this draft, and ev- you can until you're blue in the face. Tell me they're never going to listen to what fans want. They're never going to do that. If you listen to fans, you're going to be sitting with them. That's fine. I I agree with that on some level. There's no way Bean doesn't feel pressure on what to do with this team because the needs are glaring. And for a team that, I'll lay this out a little bit more later, but for a team that, right or wrong, fair or not, it seems to have its head hitting the ceiling and not getting past the Chiefs, not getting past the divisional round, whatever you want to say, how come they keep hitting their head against the ceiling? If they went for another defensive end, I know the first call we get on draft night doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. They do need help at defensive end. There's no doubt about it. They've thrown so many assets at defensive end. A.J. Epinesa is coming off a contract. They've been throwing assets at defensive end since they drafted him in the second round. And he'd expire, and they draft another one while in between drafting two other ones and signing Von DeMott. It would just be, I think it'd be tough to take for a lot of people to see them go defensive end. But... It very well could happen. 803-0550-1888-552-550. Jeremy White with you. Joe's out today. Josh Mint producing. Happy Wednesday. Enjoy 50 degrees. Get ready to roll down the windows. And uh, what else do you do when it's nice outside? Grill. Maybe maybe it's a grill day. Is today the day you want to find out if your grill fires up or not? Maybe it is. 53. Be nice out there. So enjoy it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres and Canadians tonight. Go to tankathon.com real quickly. All right, eighth best odds at the uh, number one pick. I did three sims yesterday. They got it on the third one. All right. What do you know about Macklin Celebrini? That he has a really cool name and that he swore on ESPN when they won the bean pot. When Boston won the bean pot. So, I don't know. Other than that, I just know he's a good hockey player. I don't really know too much about him yet. That prospect fatigue right. is really <laughs> setting in. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, he's going to go number one, right? He's probably awesome. Most number one picks are. The one guy that I've seen around like eight or nine is... Oh, um, please. Hey, listen. Please. I can't no. even... No, it's cool. Jerome Aginla's kid. Okay. Tij Aginla. I don't know. Okay. He'd be kind of fun. That's the only one other one that I know in this draft. I haven't really looked at it that much yet. Speaking of high picks, the NHL highlight of the night, maybe you've seen it. By the way, good morning. Jeremy and Joe. Joe's out today. Josh is here with me. He's producing. Josh, have you seen the Quentin Byfield goal from last night? It was insane. Like, 
off a defender's foot to himself. He, I mean, I don't he, know if he intended that, but he jumped through the guy. It was nuts. And then he backhands it too. Yep. It wasn't even like it was a forehand shot. Like he's falling over, backhands it. Oh man, I want to watch this again. I want to say it's not often you've even seen a guy make this move that he made byfield for the Kings. Yeah, literally jumping between two people yeah. is pretty tricky it's, it's, to do. It's kind of a, it's like a goal you would see in a movie of the Mighty Ducks. And be like, oh yeah, I mean, you could never <laughs> actually never actually score that goal. That's I don't know why, but it kind of reminded me of that goal Ovechkin scored where he fell down. Yeah, like, where yeah. he's like jumping through people, but Ovechkin fell. Byfield stood on his stayed on his feet when he jumped. Yeah, like that was the impressive part. And then just to get the puck back, man. Byfield's like, Byfield's on the list. I don't know if anyone else kind of does this. Back when we were all waiting to see where the Sabers were going to trade Jack and what they could get, we learned about every team's best prospect. You know, and in the Kings' case, it was Quentin Byfield. Well, could you get that guy out of L.A.? And you know, of course, they end up with Krebs and talk and more pieces than that. But who else? Who, who else on that list? It was the Rangers had a million players. Capocaco. Yeah, right. But they like, were all untouchable. Oh, they were all untouchable, according to the Rangers writers. Like, oh, you can't have any one of these nine players. You know, and one of them doesn't even play in the NHL anymore. I know. One of them plays. I think he plays in the KHL. Sabers and Canadians. Ugh. This division, I mean, here's Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo at the bottom again. This division has this division had any movement in a decade, other than like Who? Toronto, Montreal moving up and down a little bit. Montreal had playoff fun when there were twenty four teams allowed in. Other than that, has this division had any movement? Hey, who made the playoffs? Oh, it's uh, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Florida. And who looks like dog breath? Oh, uh, Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit. Although Detroit this year has moved up, and uh, they could take that spot. Just wild. That, that It's just the same same song again and again. Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo, just chilling here. Living together. Again, all three, separated by like, you know, two points, three points. Wild. So Buffalo and Montreal tonight. Do I have a what's my what's my book like biggest Buffalo Montreal, of course, for some Sabres fans going back have a lot of memories, but the modern generation of Montreal of, of Sabres fans, current generation of Buffalo and Montreal. What's the moment? What's the game? Do you have one? Tyler Ennis's goal where he's skating into Montreal zone down the right wing. Skates in front of the net, gets tripped by, I don't even know if it was Carey Price, but by the goalie of the Canadians, and then backhands it top shelf as he's falling down, like looking like Bobby Orr. Yeah. that's And it was like 2015, like the a tank peak, year. The peak of the tank. Yeah, one of those years where Ennis was on the first line as like their only good player. Boy, what else? I'm trying to think of the most meaningful win I've ever seen them get over Montreal. There was nothing in the playoffs to... to was Montreal competitive when the when the Sabers were in the playoffs? Like if these two, when's the last time these two teams were good at the same time? It's like what? It's like the idea of a Bills Lions Super Bowl. Like wow, these two teams are good at the same time, which is true now, of course. Boy, Montreal. I'm trying to think of any game I've seen them. I took I took my mom to a Saber game and it was overtime, and there might be might be. A minute left in overtime. She'd never been to a Saber game before, and I told her, oh, well, after this, there's going to be a shootout, and then Montreal scored with one second left in overtime, and, and the Sabres lost. Is that my most memorable Sabres-Montreal game? I don't know. It might be. 
I mean, I know they've got history going back, but I'm just trying to think of the last. The oh. last time they met in the playoffs was in 1997-98. Yeah, right. Going back that far. When's the last time they played a meaningful game against one another? Was also, it- in that series, they the Sabres swept the Canadians, too. So, in the conference semifinals. Yeah. 803-0550-1888-550-2550. On your favorite idea at wide receiver, and uh, I've got something here from Matt Bowen. He's got the top 50 free agents and their best team fits. You want to know a little something about the Bills? He's going to tell you a lot when we get back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.